Well, this morning we're going to dive in to a new series, series called Comfortable in Community. Now, we had some chairs brought out here, and when I was thinking about chairs and thinking about being comfortable, um, I think of these three chairs. These three chairs, I would say, are not comfortable in any way. Anybody a good old folding chair, right? Like, it's fine for a few minutes, but who wants to sit in a folding chair for a few hours? And yeah, nobody. Nobody wants to do that. This chair is super cool. It's made out of wood, you know, high top. Like, this is nice. You can kind of sit on it. If you're sitting like this for a few minutes, like in the foyer, what, what they're used for, uh, it's great. But if you sit on this chair for more than a couple minutes, uh, the deal is you either have to sit up straight, right, or you slunch over because there's no back. And either way, if you're me and how my back is, after a couple minutes, your back starts to hurt. It's either like, I don't know what to do, I'm not sure, right? It's not comfortable, right? Now, this chair, you might think of the three, you might be like, this should be the most comfortable. It's got some arm rest here. You can kind of, kind of lean into it a little bit more than the other chairs. But when we were doing our uh, online season from the pandemic and during that time, Wednesday night, we'd have these chairs up on the stage. And I find it, found it bizarre that just about every week, and I don't know why Pastor Rachel and I kept using these chairs, but just about every week we'd sit in this chair and after about 30 minutes, it literally felt like someone was stabbing me in the back with a knife. I, like, I don't know why, I don't know what it was about this chair. For a minute, it feels good, but after a while, it just wasn't comfortable. In fact, it was worse. It hurt. It was difficult. It's like, why? What is wrong with me? Right? I'm too young to have that chair hurt my back. But when we think of community and we think of what that looks like, I think a lot of times many of us in the room might think of getting into a group of people or just, I'll paint the picture, going to Radiant.Family, going to sign up for a life group, picking one out of that list that's there, right? You could do that anytime, but you can do that. But it's like, that's, that's kind of terrifying. Then you're just going to show up on a night and go to someone's group. Like, you don't even really maybe know them. Maybe you're new and you're like, I don't know anybody here, so I'm just going to randomly pick one on the page. In fact, our new website, there's a map and you can look at where you live and pick the one closest to you or, or a friend or whatever it is, right? But to do that, you might be like, it would be just like coming and trying to sit on this chair for, the, you might think, I'm not going to a group where I don't know anybody. It's going to hurt. It's not going to be fun. After a while, you know, anybody, if we're real, thinking, yes, thank you. I heard, I heard that, that amen over there. Like that can be difficult for the pastor to get up and say, join a group, join a team. It's like, yeah, that would be fun. But this is what you see when I say that. This is uncomfortable. It's painful. It's hard. Why would I want to do that? I can just be at home on my couch with my TV or with my outdoor space or whatever your thing is, like that sounds way more fun, way easier than going where you literally might have to sit on one, a, a chair like this at a group, right? But even more than that is what it is inside, the anxiety and the, uh, I don't know if I like this, I'm not sure. And this morning, I believe, and over the next few weeks, we're gonna look at this thought of being comfortable in community. And I want to say that I love Sunday morning. It's my favorite hour. I do it twice, so, you know, two hours or so uh, of the week. I love Sunday morning. I love getting together and worshiping in a large room. 
I mentioned that the National Fine Arts kid just ca- kids just came home, and so there were thousands of kids worshiping God together. I love it. The more, the better. Someday around the throne in heaven when we're with Jesus, it's going to be awesome, and there's going to be tons of people. It's going to be amazing. Like, I love it, every second of it. But can I say that there's a portion of community on a Sunday morning, and hopefully you don't just run in and run out. Hopefully you, you try to meet people, but it's hard. We're not having small group time here. We're not, we're not given like a question and answer. Can you imagine if it was just an open question and answer with a couple hundred people on a Sunday morning? Like that would be a mess. That would be no fun long term. But we need more than only a good time of worship and a good time of someone talking to us about the word. We need to dive into the word and dissect the word and grow together. We need to be comfortable not only coming into a room where the seats are comfortable, in fact, some of you, just about every Sunday, I at least can spot one or two that you take a nice nap during my service, <laughs> or during my sermon, I mean. It really hurts my feelings. It really hurts my feelings. Right? They're comfortable enough to take a nap in. Like, we can be comfortable in the room. We can be comfortable because you can be around a bunch of people, but you don't have to be that around those people. You can kind of keep, in fact, you can find a, a nice space and have two, two seats around you so you feel like this is good. But we need to be comfortable in more than just the room, but comfortable in each other's lives. Comfortable in a way that I can encourage you and you can encourage me. Comfortable in a way that, like we see here, even in the first couple of verses, that if I mess up or if you mess up, if there's a transgression, that we can come around each other and lift each other up and carry each other and help the other person make it through that issue and not feel like, man, I messed up, so everyone wants me out of here. I messed up, so I'm going to be reprimanded, and I'm going to be disciplined, and all these things. Like, we might need discipline by God, but I pray that we're going to be a family, where we're in community. And we have to do that, not in the big setting, but when we get into the small setting, and we pour into each other. So this morning, as we look into Galatians chapter 1, it begins and says, if anyone is caught, caught in, a, in any transgression. Paul here is talking about the church, talking about people. It's not people that are out of the church. It's not society. It's not what others are doing. We can find things all day long. But saying, if any of you right here in this room, maybe even better if we could think, in our small group, if someone is caught in a transgression, what is it that we are supposed to do? It says you who are spiritual, I, I hope that would be all of us. I hope we're all spiritual, we're all walking with the Lord, or we're working on that journey. Maybe it's your first time in a church today. I believe you're here for a purpose, and that God wants to walk a journey with you, and our prayer, if you walked in the door today, is that one more person would come to know Jesus. If you didn't know it, that's why we're here. That's what we want to see happen. We're all spiritual. You who are spiritual should restore him. You know, it didn't say he messed up, there was a transgression, so put him out, you know, can't come back, can't do this, can't, no, it says should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. And there's something about realizing that when I think of a group and I think of the church, sometimes we think of it like, if I make a mistake, then I'm going to get put on the uncomfortable chair and I'm not going to be able to have any good things happen anymore and I'm going to be shunned or I'm going to be an outcast. And instead, the word of God would say that if someone is in a, a transgression, restore them in a spirit of gentleness. I could say today, lift with gentleness. 
And when we think about groups and we think about coming together and we think about being community, when we begin to not point the finger or look at and say, well, what is wrong with you and what is wrong with that person, but instead say, oh man, I get to be a part of lifting my friend. I get to be a part of lifting my brother or my sister. I get to be a part of lifting someone that is in need in this moment. That all of a sudden, I don't look at being a part of the body of Christ or a community or a group or maybe a life group as something that is so uncomfortable. Instead, I say, Lord, I want to be a part of lifting in their life. And someday I might need lifting in my life. And it's worth the uncomfortable portion at the beginning to get to the place where now we're like, we can't live without our brothers and our sisters lifting us and pushing us with gentleness, with love. We need each other. We find that gentleness is so often born out of a sense of our own weakness. There's something about understanding that if we finish verse 1, it says, keep watch on yourself lest you too be tempted. There's something to realize. I can care and be gentle with others if I realize I am not perfect. Now, some of you could say, I know, we know you're not perfect. We've seen it, right? Like, that, that's cool. And I could say the same about some of you, right? But when we look at ourselves and begin to say, Lord, I realize that inside I have it all together. I need the goodness and the blessing of God. I need to watch myself. I need to take care. Then all of a sudden, I'm not looking at you and saying, ha, I got you. I found something that you did. I found something that's wrong. There, that's the exact opposite. But instead, Lord Jesus, as I humbly come before you and I ask you, forgive me, make me new, make me whole. I'm just a, a flawed person that's trying to live for you. And thank the Lord for the grace of God that covers my mess as I'm even working through and getting to the other side. Then guess what? When I come to you, I can't be looking down on you. I'm not going to be hard and I'm not going to be crushing you. But instead, the opposite happens. That instead of uncomfort, even when we're walking through transgression or a problem or a situation, there's love, there's gentleness, there's care. Because I realize I've been there. I realize I don't want to be there again, but there's a good chance I'm going to mess up in my life again. My wife would, could say, honestly, a very good chance. You know, maybe this week. Like, right, we're going to have issues, and therefore we get to come together and be gentle and lift each other up. Pour life into each other. As we continue on in verse 2, it says, bear one another's burdens, and in doing, the next few words, I absolutely love it, and so fulfill the law of Christ. We cannot fulfill the law of Christ unless we're bearing one another's burdens, and it's pretty difficult to bear one another's burdens if we have no clue about their burdens. We have to know our brother's burden to be able to bear our brother's burden, and how do we do that? Once again, sometimes there's certain things that can happen on Sunday morning, but another level happens when I start sitting around what I thought was going to be super uncomfortable and sitting around with my neighbor and sitting around with the person that I used to just sit in the room with, and now we're talking about and bearing each other's burdens and encouraging each other, all of a sudden I begin to fulfill the law of Christ in my life because I take the, the emphasis on, off of myself and begin to pour it on to somebody around me. For if anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. And it just goes back. Lord, I pray that you would never let me think of myself more than I should, because without the grace and the mercy and the power of Jesus, who are we? What are we? We're nothing. 
We are nothing, but when we let the power of God be poured in, in us, then we get to walk with somebody, bear somebody's burdens, do it with humil- humility. And that's it, lift with gentleness and bear with humility. Carry the burden of somebody around you. Whenever you're a part of, let's, well, let's go with the family. We call ourselves the Radiant Family. Your family, I would guess there's somebody or two or three in your family that are just a little bit more, uh, they take more effort, whatever the word you might want to say, than maybe some others in your family. It just seems to be what life is. And there's moments when we get into the situation of a group where we realize there's somebody that really needs help in this season. But when we are not looking at ourselves and we're pouring into others and we say, Lord, you have called me to bear another's burdens so I can fulfill the law of Christ, then all of a sudden it's like I'm all in to bear the burdens of the people around me. And as a group, we're going to bear the burdens of a person around us. And the goal, if you didn't know this, is that then that person is going to grow and maybe in a different season, a different time, somebody else is going to have a burden. Someone else is going to have an issue. When I think of a burden that is not so much spiritual, uh, but is a little more, I don't know, physical in nature, I think of someone asking the group to help them move. Anybody been asked to help someone move before? Yeah, the people who have are raising their hand really quick. Why? Because it's horrible to help someone move. It's horrible. In fact, you know, I was thinking, like, if I hear a conversation of someone moving, maybe no one else has ever done this uh, in this room. I, I need to look real fast. I don't think I've done this for any of you, but I don't know. I wouldn't promise that. Have you ever been in the grocery store and you see somebody and you're just tired and you know them and normally you're outgoing, I'm super outgoing, but every once in a while you're like, get in the other, like, I just didn't want to be spotted today. Anybody ever done that? Anybody? There, yeah, a bunch of hands, right? Um, sometimes I think it's kind of like when someone is asking people to m- help move and that's when you want to disappear, right? You're like, nope, I'm, I'm busy. Uh, hey, Rachel, what are we doing this week? We got something I'm sure we do, right? And there's something in our life when we begin to realize that bearing each other's burdens is how we fulfill what God wants. And maybe sometimes it actually is helping somebody move. Maybe sometimes it is actually just not dodging around them in the grocery store. But when we think in the, the case of a life group or we think of being in each other's life, there's something powerful when we sit there and we talk. And sometimes we might realize that our theology or their theology, it's like, I'm not sure if we all line up. I'm not sure if it lines up with the word. And we get to talk about what God would say. You know what happens a lot of times when we fix our theology and we look at the word speak into our life? Things are cleared up in our life. There's something about knowing the word and let the word become real in us. And when we sit there and we bear each other's burdens, when we help each other, when we help each other through a a difficult season or a difficult moment, when we help each other get into the word and let it be activated, then we fulfill the law of Christ. We get to experience Jesus in a powerful, powerful way. It says, test your own work. And then his reason to boast would be in himself alone and not in his neighbor. And what is it saying? Look at yourself. Look at yourself. Begin to, to ask the Lord in my life. Not, in other words, I'm not going to point, point the finger at somebody else because of what they've done. I'm going to look right here. I'm going to ask God, you use me. You work in me so I can bear the burdens of others, so I can walk beside them, so I can pour your spirit out as I walk in you, as I let you move in my life. 
the Lord Jesus is so good. He's so powerful. He's so real. He loves you. What was spoken this morning, he loves you. Something that I do think is important is the Bible does not say, and you don't really see this, over and over again, it's bear somebody else's burdens. Go and minister. Go and love. And sometimes I feel like we want others to bear our burdens. That's what we're asking. Lord, somebody needs to take care of me. Somebody needs to do this. And I want to encourage you, if you're someone that would lean that direction, this morning the Word of God tells you to go bear someone's burdens. And I believe that when you and when I begin to be obedient to the Word of God, that all of a sudden I take the eyes off of my own problems and put them on others, and instead of looking at their problems, I begin to look at my own problems, but I look for them and to them to help them, that I stop feeling like no one loves. My grandma used to say, no one calls, no one comes, and no one cares. In her later years of life, when she, when she just uh, wasn't all there mentally, she had more guests and more food and more ice cream because that's what she wanted the most in her fridge or in her freezer. That people were there every day. I can almost say I mean, it was pretty much every day. But when she was in this spot and couldn't remember and couldn't even didn't know what was happening, then she began to say, "No one calls, no one comes, no one cares." Instead of, "Lord, who can I minister today?" Because she was a shut-in, she couldn't even get out of her house. She couldn't go do that. She couldn't think even through that. And in our life, I don't want to be someone that says no one calls, no one comes, or no one cares. Instead, I'm going to call, I'm going to go, I'm going to care. And as I do, then the power and the blessing of God is going to be poured into my life. I'm going to fulfill the call of God in my life. And number one, I bet you have people start calling, coming, and caring. There's going to be people in your life. But number two, even if no one ever comes, you're going to have so many people in your life because you're in so many people's life that you don't even need people to call, come, or care. And there's something about when we put the word in the right order, then all of a sudden our life gets so much better. Over and over. And when we're in community, what seemed uncomfortable and seemed difficult begins to change. And what seemed like I can't do this anymore, number one, if I need to sit in this white chair, I'll sit in it. If it's a little painful, it's worth the pain. Right? That's okay. But number two, in future weeks, I'm going to get more and more comfortable chairs up here. I'm just letting you know where we're going to go. I might lay down and preach one sermon. We'll see. Because community is something that it might start and seem no good. It might start and seem like I can't do it. It might start and say, I, my personality just doesn't work. I'm not going to go because that's scary. I want to encourage you, push through what seems scary. Push through to what God has because you will be blessed as you go, as you fulfill the call that God has put on your life. The last few verses of our, of our portion this morning continue, and I would say, and when I think about it in my life, it would be upgrade in faith. If we've talked lift with gentleness, bear with humility, humility, and then upgrade in faith. Why? It says in verse 6, let the one who has taught the word share all good things with the one who teaches. This is a financial sort of a thing. This is a church, let's be a people who give. I can say, Pastor Rachel and I, we feel so blessed. Our team, we feel, we feel blessed by, by you. And I feel the most blessed when we get to then give to the world through missions. I feel most blessed when we get to reach out and minister to people. But there's something about the principle that I don't want to jump over this morning. That when we say, Lord, I'm going to look at others. Lord, I'm going to speak life, bear each other's burdens. I'm going to lift them with, with gentleness, bear with humility. 
Lord, I'm going to give, which for some, that's fun. You're like, woo, got the, that thing. It's just like, I love it. My wife and I, we love to give. It's, it's what we do. Monday morning, every single Monday morning, our tithe that we give to the church comes out. Uh, some of our tithe out goes, goes to the network office, and, and then we give over and above what that would be. We feel that we're always going to give the missions. We're always going to give the missions. We want to see the, the goodness of God poured out around the world. And number two, we always are going to give over and above the tithe to building projects, even if there's no building project. Because to me, I'm looking to the future. There's going to be. We're going to launch another church. We're going to launch another daycare. We're going to add on as God fills and does something crazy. We're going to renovate. So we're always going to give to things that we would value. The kingdom expanding here and the building kind of represents that. The kingdom expanding overseas all over the place and our tithes and offering that makes what happens in Dublin take place. It's important to us. And we realize when we didn't make very much money, that if we gave, God took care of it, even if it didn't make sense. Don't know how, don't know what it, how he does what he does. Sometimes like we do not have enough, but we're going to write the tithe check because that's what it's going to be. And God took care of it every time. And when we realize that we begin to sow faithfulness into the things of the spirit, the word says that then it is returned to us. In fact, as we go, it says, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that will he also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption, but the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. And I don't know about you today, but I am not real interested in corruption. I'm not real interested in reaping something that's going to end me in a place of pain and hurt and a future that is not secure. But I am all for sowing into the Spirit. I'm all for sowing into what God is doing. I'm all for saying, Holy Spirit, you lead me, you guide me through your word, through your spirit. I'm going to be all in because I want eternal life in my life. I want to say yes to God because I believe the word would say that then he says yes to you. He speaks life and hope and peace into your life. And maybe today it's giving. Maybe it is. Maybe some people need to jump on that app I said or start letting this be a part of what you do, sowing in in that way. Maybe sowing in is, Lord, I'm going to do something that seems super uncomfortable to me. In fact, looking at that chair for some reason makes my back hurt. I'm, right, some of you, that's where you are. That's what it feels like. You sow into the spiritual things in your life and you watch what God does. You watch what you reap. You watch what he does. It might seem hard now, but in the end, you're going to say, oh, there's nothing better than community. There's nothing better than sowing into the things of God and his spirit and what he is doing. And as we head towards home on this message, verse 9 says, let us not grow weary in doing good. It's easy to start things. It's easy to, to begin things. I'll tell you what, I'm a visionary. I love new stuff. And I've built a staff around me here at Radiant Life Church that do fine detail stuff because that's not my deal. But in my spiritual walk, there's no place for starting without seeing through. There's no place for, for getting weary and just saying, ah, I don't like that. There's no place. There's something about the word would say we must keep pushing. We must be all in. And I want to encourage you, Radiant Life Church, don't grow weary. Maybe it's been a week or a month or a a year or a decade or maybe you're way beyond that so you've been walking with the lord the lord would remind you he loves you 
the word from today. He's got a miracle for you. The word would remind you today to not grow weary. Don't stop. Keep pushing. Keep going. Keep growing. And God's going to do something. So if this is your first time in a church or you've been around for 40 or 50 or 60 or 70 or 80 years, don't stop. Keep pushing. Keep going after the things of God. For in due season, you will reap if we do not give up. So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone. Now, I love, I love the word. Let us do good to everyone. That's our goal. Let us do good to everyone. Over and over again in the Bible, it ends with something like this, and especially to those who are the household of faith. There's something about this group. There's something about the household of faith that God says through his word, do good to everyone. Absolutely, we need to. But there's something especially right here in this room. What is it that we can do? How do we get connected? The household of faith here, but here and around the world, which is why missions is once again a part of my heart, which is why expansion is a big part of my heart. Because everyone, how do we get into the lives of everyone, the family of God, the house of God? We've got to show love. And I want to encourage you over the next few weeks, you're going to hear more about groups. September 3rd, we're going to do a life group kickoff night, tailgate party, Ohio State-Notre Dame game. Don't make plans. Don't get tickets for the game. It's not going to be that fun. It'll be boring, I'm sure. A low, low-level crowd. Come here. We're going to be behind the, the uh, gym over there, a screen bigger than this one that we're going to be watching the game on. Uh, like we do if you've been to a drive-in movie, we're gonna, it's similar, but it's going to be life group style. We're going to have different life group tailgates set up. It's going to be a blast, a time to get your life group kicked off in a fun way, as well as to get signed up for a group. Save the date, September 3rd. We're going to have a blast. But you can look right now at Rating.Family, how to get uh, to be a part. Go to the life groups. You can see the life groups that are there. Maybe you're like, you know what? I've been thinking and God has been speaking and I should be running a life group. You can reach out this week to Pastor Brian and we can get it done. If you are are through all the things, we'd love to make it happen. Because there's something about being all in. And community, it pushes and feeds everything else. Community is a huge part. And I pray that here in a few minutes when we get up from this room, I pray you don't just run out and that you are community and we take a few minutes and we, we just let God move. Uh, just as we're talking, but there's a different level that God has for us when we're bearing each other's burdens, when we're helping restore those who even have transgressed against God or against us. There's something about uniting and being all in for Jesus. So today, I want to encourage one more time. Don't stay where you are. Don't stop, but say yes to God. Bear one another's burdens. Bear with humility. Lift the person around you with gentleness, and let's upgrade in faith as we are community and we get comfortable in community. So Lord, this morning we're so thankful. Lord, first that you welcome us in the greatest community that there can be. If there's anybody in this room that has not given their life to you, has not asked you to be the Lord of their life, I pray that right now in their own words, Lord, that they would just say something like, Lord, forgive me, make me new. I repent of my sin and make you the Lord of my life. Lord, that's the number one thing. Bless them. Lord, we're thankful for them. Lord, for every one of us, I pray, Lord, you would help us be comfortable in community, in our church, as a family, as we give together, serve together, or as we're in groups together. Lord, and help us to even be willing to 
do what seems difficult, to do what seems uncomfortable, to break in, to say yes to you, so that we know that as we are in community, as we bear one another's burdens, God, that we fulfill the law of Christ. We fulfill what you're doing, what you've called us to do. Lord, we love you. We thank you and we praise you. You are so, so good, Jesus. Bless each one as we go. Let us be your family, Jesus. It's in your name we pray. Amen. And amen. Before you leave, I want to let you know, if you are new with us at Radiant Life Church, right after service in the glass room, um, we are going to have a party with the pastors. We want to get to know you, spend just a couple of minutes with you. And uh, so we would invite you in. If you've not been a part of Party with the Pastors, join us. Quick five minutes, some information, and uh, jump in. Be a part of that. We want to get to know you. We're going to have a good time. But church, we love you. We're thankful for you. Uh, God is good. Let him speak. Let him continue to move. Let him continue to guide you. And we're going to grow. We're going to take an upgrade in our faith. This week, be careful what you watch. Be careful what you listen to. Be careful what you talk about. Savor the presence of Jesus. Party with the pastors begins right now.